And we're back to Heart Fails 73. Hello me, meet the real me, and my misfits way of life. A dark black past is my most valued possession. Hindsight is always 2020, but looking back is still a bit fuzzy. Speak of mutually assured destruction, nice story, tell it to Reader's Digest. Thank you. Thank you. Yay! I feel like there was a little plagiarizing in there, and it seems familiar to me. Well, that was the great poet Dave Mustaine Wonderful. from the 90s, and I will leave it up to the audience to discover who he is if you do not know who he is. But this is our first podcast of 2020. We have Jim, who is welcome back. We have Tommy, and Who's we have <laughs> who is in the booth. Somehow he knew that we had scheduled this, and he showed up. They are sharing a microphone, so we're going to do our best that they bob in and bob out so that you can hear them both. Has this been a benefit to you, Tommy? Yeah, it's definitely been a benefit to me in a lot of ways. Plus, the fact that we're doing it here, you know, like, it's made it kind of a priority. It's made it much more of a priority, like just the conversations that we have. Because we're scheduling something. We're coming in here. We're doing it. It's like a real thing. Like an obligation to be here? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the word obligation has sort of a negative connotation to it, and I don't mean it to be that. You know, I mean, if you and I were just trying to get together to hang out, I'd be like, well, you know, let's uh, it's, ne- it's just that. I kind of want to stay home with my girlfriend right. tonight. And right, exactly. Oh, I've received that lots of times from yeah, you and yeah. many other people, yeah, yes. You know, I mean, and we all have. I mean, I understand that, but, I mean, this makes it more of a... I mean, it's scheduled and it's a thing, and I'm, you know, it's what I do. I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I am. I'm enjoying all of it. Jim? Absolutely. I like what he just said. It's a thing I do. It's not work. It's not hard. It's just something that we do. It's a conversation between friends. I mean, that was the initial point of this. I think it was episode four that we just came out, and we were having a little problem in the first couple episodes trying to figure out what this is. And there has been... Like at the beginning of this episode. Well, uh, yeah, and in other episodes that have gone about, there's been a little kind of all over the place, lack of focus, and maybe going into topics deeper than we would expect to. But at the same time, there's been something beneficial, I think, in every episode episode for myself, for you, for hopefully a listener out there. We've had way more listeners than I ever expected, so thank you so much for everyone who is taking time to be a part of this. Once again, if you have any comments, critique, questions, things you want us to cover, we did have somebody that say, hey, let's talk about peace, not world peace, but spiritual peace. So that's that's going to be an episode coming up. I wanted to go through the episodes that we did do because I was telling a buddy of mine that I'm actually writing the titles like I'm progressing a story here of the podcast. And it's amazing to me that our conversations are actually building up this story. So if you go back to the first episode, Genesis, self-explanatory, very first episode, second episode, we could have called it categorization, but it was the millennial episode. It always was the millennial episode. We kept it as the millennial episode because that's funny to me. Because you shouldn't categorize millennials. For everybody out there that doesn't know Adam, he has a different sense of humor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't care about making anybody else laugh. If I laugh, 
that's good enough for me. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Third episode, I don't remember that it was self examination. It was self examination. Right? There we go. Thank you, sir. So the first three episodes, the genesis, the beginning, the millennials or the categorization, the self-examination, this is all stuff that somebody needs to do into their in their life. I think prior to being a Christian, you're born, you're categorized into whatever stereotype or whatever culture or whatever situation you are born in, you need to, I don't want to say look into yourself, but self-examine yourself and what you're doing with your life, how you're living, the mistakes that you are making, you're, you're the realization of who you are. And it came down to the fourth episode where we pretty much just kind of said, hey, I don't know how well this is working. Why are you here, Tommy? And what did, do you remember what you said? Nope. Nope, I don't. I remember why you're here. Why am I here? Because hey, you want to make me a Christian. I don't think I said that, did I? Not exactly, no. Okay. I, Help me become a Christian is I, what you said. Yeah, yeah. I want to motivate anybody I possibly can to go to their Bible, to read their Bible, to help them upon their journey to abide in me. The me in that is abide in Jesus. Sure. And in the process, Jesus abides in you. You are in Christ, and when you are in Christ, Christ is also in you. From there, we went to beg for Alistair Begg. You listened to his sermon. Actually, it was the fourth episode. Prior to the fourth episode, too, you brought your Bible in. You said, hey, I read the first three chapters of John. Sure. That was awesome. I told you so many times, this is awesome. And it was. And I think, I think that's kind of why that was one of our best episodes, is you had so many great questions about what you had read and yeah. things that you remembered. Yeah. From there, we went to beg for Alistair Begg, but it's also called beggars, because that's what we are, is we are beggars in this life. From there, we go to the hope, self-explanatory. From there, we go to our relationships, not only with God, Mm -hmm. but also with our friends and family. We now have expectations on our life expectations that we may we may have false expectations about what it means to be a Christian or what it means to come to Christ or what it means to grow in faith or what it means that we are hanging around a bunch of people who say that they're Christians and then they fail our expectations. We have sacrifice. was a lot about the sacrificial system, I believe, but we also have the sacrifice, I believe in this episode, it was mentioned that you actually have to sacrifice self. What does it take to become a Christian? You actually have to sacrifice self. Because if you're still holding on to that one thing that you really like, I used Tabasco sauce when I was talking to my wife about this today. I said, you know, I really like Tabasco sauce. But it's so obvious in the Bible. This is an analogy. It's so obvious in the Bible that God tells me, hey, You don't need Tabasco sauce anymore. I don't want you to keep on having Tabasco sauce in your life. But I really love Tabasco sauce. That's that's sacrifice to self. It's not withholding something from yourself. It's about recognizing those things in your life that aren't God-pleasing, that you don't need any longer. Confusion? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? 
right. Okay, Here's sacrifice. Here. Awareness. I gotta be honest. I don't remember the awareness. What what the actual episode was about? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not recalling either. And I just listened to it, but I'm having a I don't know senior moment or whatever. Yeah, in my in my spiel here, I've completely forgot. So I apologize. I know there's something about awareness in there, and I know that it adds to the story. The bonus episode of Confusion was with feedback, possibly one of our more difficult ones to listen to. It was actually the second half of Expectations, which is episode eight. We talked for a very long time. But I think that there's enough in there. I think that's the one where I talked about Jesus is the parachute. And I think there's a lot of good stuff in that episode that helps bring all that first year of episodes together. And then the most recent one that we've posted was Jim, because Jim was kind enough to come into the booth, and I thought we had a great time. I thought we had a great talk. I thought it was very edifying for hopefully everybody that's listened to it, or when you listen to it, you enjoy it as well. That's a great way to end the year on an interesting topic. Yeah. I I find it extremely interesting that you just ran through all of those. I know you said you're writing a story. I I understand that based on the based on the titles of the podcast, and I have no idea what your story is, and that's fine. I'll be excited to read it as a surprise whenever it comes out. It's actually your story. Oh, oh. Well, I'll be even more excited then. What I, what I just found interesting is that um, it, it, it does follow pretty much my train of thought because I am just stuck on confusion. And I don't know if Jim uh, being here is supposed to help kind of steer that back in the right direction, but I mean, we went through those things title by title by title, and that's exactly where my head is at. Hey, cool. Okay, I understand this. I understand this. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to gain some momentum here. I'm starting to understand what we're talking about. I have some questions. I'm getting some answers. We're making some progress. And then confusion. And basically, where, where are we now? I mean, what, what? where is my head now? I don't, I don't even know. And now Jim's uh, finally in the booth. And is he going to kind of, you know, knowing that he's gone through some of the same life struggles, that I've gone through, is he somehow going to steer me back away from confusion? I mean, is that, I don't know. So we do have, we do have one more episode that I don't have posted yet, but it will be posted before this one as well, which is going to be our first episode of all three of us together. And a lot, we talked about a lot of same things, pride and um, judgment, churches, and just a whole bunch of different things that it really wraps all the way around. And I haven't got the title yet. But I think that this, from basis from just listening to the three of us again, I think we work best as a triune podcast. I think it's much better for either of you to say, hey, what's up with this? Rather than me come in and say, hey, let's talk about this. I I think it works way better because I can see where you guys are coming from, especially Tommy, but I think Jim as well. Just throw something out there. And we'll be able to hit the ball back and forth much better than if I come in with a, let's talk about this. I think there's a time and a place for each of those. I think there might be something that God puts on one of our hearts that is very specific. You know, whether it's comes from a comment that we receive or if it's just in our conversations or when we're outside of this booth and talking about what, you know, what's coming across the board for the podcast. To address one thing, though, I don't think I'm here to help with the confusion because I probably am just going to add to it. I think part of the reason I feel like I'm here, and I'm kind of directing this at Tommy, 
because even though we come from completely opposite backgrounds, as far as God is concerned, I think there is a very clear reason that we're sitting in this little room together and the situations that we went through that I have spent the last X amount of years feeling shame and regret about are actually starting to make sense. That what we have to offer with the knowledge that we have gained about ourselves, about understanding people, about hopelessness, and where God can play into that and how he can bring us. I mean, if he can bring you and me back from that, then imagine what he can do for somebody who hasn't had to suffer some of the consequences of choices like we've made. I think that it's just an amazing opportunity. Well, see, I understand what you're saying there. I, I, you know, Adam just said something in his, in, kind of in his descriptions of our podcast that would, that would almost contradict that, which is, you know, in order to become a Christian or uh, in order, you know, before you become a Christian, these things need to happen. There needs to be the beginning. There needs to be uh, that self-examination. And so it's, it's almost contradictory. Almost. Like, I, like, for real, I don't know how much of a Christian I ever was. Sure, I was taught these things. Sure, I believed these things to a point, but I didn't live like a Christian would. I mean, did I believe Jesus died on the cross, that it was a true, factual thing? I did. Did I believe that that meant I could go to heaven? I did. But did I live like it? No. And because I didn't live like it, you know, I don't think that, that necessarily that I had the salvation. I thought I did. Other than Scripture and being some sanctified, religious, by-the-book person, what does a Christian live like? I mean, how do you know what's right and wrong? I mean, you we can learn it from the Word, but that's like saying what's a, a drug addict look like or what's a gay person look like. I mean, there is no defined thing that says you're a Christian. That being said, there's also nothing to say that you're not. Well, right, and I think that's why I say, you know, it's something that, when you say if it, if if it could bring us back from the struggles that you and I have faced, like I think you need to get into that into those dark places in order to in order to appreciate anything. You don't appreciate something until you know it's gone, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what, does that make sense? I mean, does that am I making sense? I mean, I, I feel like in my brain I'm making sense, but I'm not sure if I am. I mean, I'm ask I'm asking you, man. I don't know. No, I think you are completely. One of the things that I like to do when people are talking about things, you guys were talking about uh, processing thing. So yeah. I, I had interrupted you guys and I said, oh, hey, could you define what that means? And you guys did. You guys did an awesome job. Here's the thing that I... This would be proud. <laughs> completely. I, I, my whole mindset of group therapy and even therapy in general, like talking to you guys and witnessing, I actually went into a couple of your therapy, just one-on-one therapy sessions. Yep, you sure did. Yeah. And it was incredible. It wasn't like the movies where somebody lays down on a couch and so how did that make you feel? No, it was much more personable. It was, this guy isn't, yes, this is his job. This guy is earning a living by doing this. But the reason he's earning a living is because he's good at it. He He wants to do this. He actually cares. If you go to a therapist that doesn't actually care and then go to one that does, you definitely know the difference. I've been to them both, you know? I mean, it's crazy. And that was the great thing about being a part of that. I think it was our reconnection was stimulated by your therapist actually saying, hey, so you're talking about this friend you used to have. Have you reached out to him? 
Right. Is that pretty much what happened? That's very accurate. That is accurate. And you did. And now we're here. I don't even know how long it's been, like four years, three years, two years. It's only been two weeks, Adam. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I can't do time anymore. I can't either. So I want to kind of go back. First of all, that, I... That did have a double meaning. I just can't do time anymore. Uh, I like it. I'm with him. <laughs> I think that is perfect for a different episode on talking about the experience of doing time. I've, I've never heard stories to any extent about what that experience was actually like. But I don't think it's right now. Maybe, maybe that's either way. I'm here because I want to preach the gospel. I've preached the gospel to you online, in the booth, outside the booth, text messages. I don't know. Every, every which way I can True. kind of thing. It's, it's not something that you, you try to do three times, and if it doesn't stick, then you move on to somebody else because you're my friend. And I love you, and I want to be there for you in any way that I can, and like a friend should. Not just like a friend should, but like a Christian friend should. And that was the great thing about the other, the, the last episode that we all did. There was a time at the end where you guys were very frustrated about the people outside this booth. And the question that was thrown out there was, what about the people inside this booth? And everybody agreed, hey, this is great. Just getting in this booth and having the opportunity to talk about whatever. Well, that's it, a beautiful thing. It absolutely is because I bring the frustrations from outside the booth into the booth most of the time. And so it's kind of like a, it is kind of like a therapy session here. Why are you, why are you looking at me all weird? I'm smiling. All right. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm, I'm smiling. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me, let me do this. <laughs> maybe it's creepier now that the, I can see everything. Maybe because the beard's not, not as prevalent. I had a very large beard for all of last year. Okay, so I got to ask. I'm going to interrupt. We're going to go back about four sentences. Okay. I want to know the difference between, and I'm kind of challenging you on this for the sake of us and the listeners. What's the difference between a good friend and a Christian friend? Because in my head, why do I need that adjective? As far as Christian or as far as good? I don't know. You tell me. Who is good? Exactly. Who is good? That's why and I changed again, what it. I mentioned earlier, what is, what, how do I know walking down the street that you're a Christian or you're going to be a Christian to me? Why? I don't want to take away from that, but why, why is that a thing? Why can't we just treat everybody good, let them see our actions, and then when they ask, then say, you know, I know this guy. He kind of walked on water once. And why do we have to carry this label? Because as I mentioned in my episode, I didn't want anything to do with people who kept calling themselves Christians because I found them to be very dismissive and hurtful. And so every time I hear that, I'm still in this place where I'm adjusting to that word. It's just a word. But I'm curious when you say it, why? So here's the thing. I'm very big on defining words. What is a Christian? Now that's what we've been here. This, I think, you remember how I told you guys that are listening, like sometimes I'd ask Adam a question and then in a roundabout way, 17 episodes later, he'd answer it. I feel like this is one of the questions that I asked before we ever even started this podcast, because that's like the most important question there is. What is a Christian? Because I bet you that Christians and non-Christians, some of them have the same answer. I bet you that some of them 
have completely different answers. I bet you that some people that claim to be Christians, based on their answer, based on their own answer, aren't Christians. Uh, you know. I'm going to pull out Martin Lloyd-Jones on you right now. Oh, Are you I'm ready for that? Weber. All right. So he's in England after the war, and there's people going on the BBC. Like, BBC is the only way that people communicated in, in England. And you had prominent people going online and talking about Gandhi and saying, Gandhi, he's just this amazing, he's one of the most amazing Christians <coughs> that has ever walked the earth. Yet he's completely denied the deity of Jesus of Nazareth. But yet you have prominent figures calling him a Christian. Well, what do they mean by that? He's talking about the deeds. They're just talking about his actions. They're talking about Gandhi himself admitted that the Sermon on the Mount was one of the most beautiful, moral, ethical teachings that ever has come out into the world, completely missing the point of it, because it's not a moral, ethical teaching. It's not. And that's where we've covered with the podcast as well. The gospel message isn't go out and be a good person. The gospel message is... Paul and Peter and all these apostles and disciples going out and preaching Jesus, him crucified, and the resurrection. And this blew people's minds because it didn't make any sense. You're saying that some guy came to earth in weakness, went up on the cross, wasn't guilty of anything, but died, and then he rose again from the dead. And this is your faith. Yes, it is our faith. It's not a moral, ethical, eth, eth, wow, what is that word? Ethical? Ethics, right? Ethical. Ethical. Wow, the T-H is there. Whew. Well, here's the Can't question, do it. Though, right? Like here, I'm going to interrupt because. No, go for it. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, like, I grew up. I, I learned all these things. I knew them as fact. They were facts. That didn't mean that I acted on them. It didn't mean I lived by them. It didn't mean that I, you know, did anything remotely close to the way a Christian is supposed to act. I mean, I don't, you know, what is, I mean, what is a Christian? All right. I mean, I grew up as a Christian. I mean, I, I sure. Um, I didn't do the deeds, but I knew it as fact, which is the opposite of Gandhi, who did the deeds, but didn't regard it as fact. So I'm not a Christian and neither is he. So this is where I struggle with the words because one of the things that I learned in my experience was, you know, anybody who believes in God is a Christian. But what I later learned through my own studying was, do I really want to be a Christian or do I want to be a disciple? Because there's a difference. And you're talking about words. That's why I was just actually trying to shove my phone in your face to give you an idea of where I was going. Because the word says in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. I like that because I don't think there's any place in the Bible where it uses the word Christian, does it? Okay, but the the last question was, so I had asked you guys, what is a Christian? But it seems like you guys are throwing that back at me as what is a Christian. So you want me to answer it before you answer it? Yes, you can. So what is a Christian? Without having the Bible in front of me, but it is on my lap. A Christian is one who has repented, who does believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit, 
who changes that person. They are born again, and they become a new creation. So a Christian is not somebody who is just a good person. It is somebody who believes in Jesus Christ and the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is done to them. Okay, so, all right, so we're, we're counting on the Holy Spirit to, to make me a Christian because I cannot do it myself. We've already discussed this. So even by, even by believing in Jesus, even by putting my faith in him, I guess that's the issue right there. This is why I, I agree with you, Jim. I have, I have a struggle with the words, okay? Basically, a Christian is somebody who has faith in Jesus. That's it. That's what it is. Somebody who has faith. And I can't put my faith in Jesus. I don't know why. I believe it. I believe what I read. I believe what I've heard. But I don't pray for help. I don't pray for guidance. I don't pray for, you know, truth. I don't, I don't pray for that stuff. I don't pray for him to guide me in my daily life. And if I had faith, that's something that I would do. But that's, you can't have faith if the Holy Spirit doesn't work in you, is what I'm, is what I'm gathering. You can fight against the Holy Spirit. That's what, you can harden your heart. Well, yeah, you can, you can harden your heart. I'm, I, don't, I don't believe I'm actively running away from the Holy Spirit or fighting against the Holy Spirit, because if I was, I wouldn't pick up the Bible and read it. I wouldn't come into this booth and talk about Jesus. It's just something that hasn't happened for me yet. I think that's where the whole natural, like, thing comes in, like our flesh. Like, like Paul talked about, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. There's days that I wake up, and... I don't do right off the bat what I want to do. I want to wake up in the morning and I have the greatest intention the night before. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to read my devotional. Before I even let my feet hit the floor, I'm going to start my day with God. And then I wake up and I roll over and I grab my phone or I I walk downstairs and I start, start thinking about my work day or I think about my girlfriend or something like that. And God's not even a thought anywhere. So then based on what I've learned, I'm not a Christian because I'm not doing the right thing. So that's where I have the biggest problem with the label of Christian. Going back to the word in Matthew 28, it says make disciples of the world. It doesn't say anything about making Christians or being a Christian. And discipleship is a whole other thing than being a Christian, right? What, that's where I struggle personally with the, the what's a Christian. You did a great job. Have faith. Tommy displayed it well. Have faith. Don't have faith. I'm not a Christian, but can I be a disciple? Is there a value on that? Is that more important, less important? So was Gandhi a disciple then, since he thought that the Sermon on the Mount was one of the great ethical teachings of all time? I'm, I'm certain that there are, are people that, that weren't Christian that, are in, that were in my life at some point in time that were definitely working for God. I'm certain of it. So, I mean, this is just mincing words. It's all, it's all words. It's what's a Christian, what's a disciple. I, I guess what it all boils down to at the end of the day is, what makes a person saved? And if it comes down to that, you know, following in the, in the, uh, in the way that the Bible tells us to, to lead our lives, and you cannot do that wholly if you don't have the Holy Spirit working in you and making you born again, then we, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is where I'm at as a person. No, I mean, I go through a couple of these podcasts and I start to understand some things and I really start to get some motivation and then I slide back and I don't read the Bible as much and uh, I go back to, you know, like, okay, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm still on the, you know, I'm still, I still have the desire for it, but I'm just not as fervent about it, I guess. This is maybe a question for you. Hi, have I ever called you a Christian or I, have I ever told you that you were not a Christian? No, you've actually never done either. 
Correct. What's the excuse or what's the reasoning I always give? Well, because you can't see into my heart. Correct. I got to go back to Romans 7 because you were talking about Paul with Romans 7. Correct? Yes. I had a two-hour phone conversation on Monday. And I'm looking at Tommy for this one. So let's just slide Who talks that over there. Two hours. What is this, 1986? I, I've told you that it's been kind of frustrating to me. Somebody, I have a lot of people that are avoiding talking to me, actually. There was one person in particular who was a member of our senior class who was not talking to me, yeah. who was also a pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He sent me a message after, I believe it was like New Year's Eve, that I actually called the church and said, hey, can I speak to this guy? <laughs> oh, wow, you did? And No, it wasn't him, though. It was okay. one of his associate pastors or fellow pastors. And he said, well, I'll, I'll give him your message. And I said, awesome. That's, I just want to talk to the guy for 10 minutes or whatever. So he sent me a message on Sunday and said, hey, I know this is short notice, but I'm doing an hour-long drive. I can talk to you then. I said, hey, that's great. Are you hands-free? Because cool. I'm only calling you if you're hands-free. I'm not going to be the guy that goes to his wife and kids and all that. Oh, yeah, by the way, he was talking to me when he got in an accident. Uh, that's cool. That's a step further than I thought you were going to get. Excellent. So then he did call, and we ended up, I after like 15 minutes, I was like, dude, do you have to go? Do, do you need to do this? And he's like, no, we're good. We ended up having a two-hour conversation. Completely wonderful, completely great. He obviously disagrees with me on many things. I disagree with him on many things. One of the things that he brought up was Romans 7, which is why I'm telling this story. Romans 7 has been one of those chapters in the Bible that is very difficult for people to deal with. Okay, I have no idea what Romans 7 is. Romans 7 talks about a man who tries not to sin, but he sins. And he tries to do good, but he doesn't. And it's this frustration. And rather than read the whole thing, because I would love to, but I'm not going to, we're going to go to 7 verse 21. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin. Right there. That's very key. A prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Yeah, I mean, I get we got to go on though, because remember the chapters, the verses, not in the original letter. Therefore, what's the therefore? Therefore, which negates the without this or this equals to this. So therefore, so now or because of this, because of or the therefore is there for everything that came before. Therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. That, that leaves there me out. no longer, if you are in Christ right. Jesus, that, you are no longer a slave to sin. Right. Will you sin? Of course. Yes, you Everybody will. Sins. 
but you are now a slave to righteousness. Right. How do you get set free from Jesus from the the being a slave to sin? You repent. Yep. You examine. You look at yourself. You're hanging outside of an airplane. You are going to die. There is no hope for anyone. Correct. All of their works, all of their good deeds, yep. anything that they have to offer, they yeah. have nothing I'm, to offer. I know all of this. I know all of this. Repent and believe. I know all of this. That's the message. Do you repent and believe? I, I, I believe. Do I repent? Yes, I repent all the time. Where's the Holy Spirit doing his thing to make me born anew? Where is it? Do, do, you, do you see a challenge to God in saying that? No, I'm challenging you. No, I'm not the one that saves you, though. That's, no, that's the thing. I, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, though, not, we, it's not me. This the reason is, I'm saying this is because we, I mean, this is the question, right? I mean, I've asked this question, we had a, and I'm not trying to be a jerk to you either. We've had, a, we've, we've had a podcast where we talked about this exact thing. There's, a, there's something, there's some step, there's something that's missing. I mean, this excludes me. It's, the problem that I have is that the answer you're giving me is a Christian answer which I expect you to give me because you're Christian. But how do I get from here to there? Yeah, I know, I know if I repent and, and I, I, I do these things. I mean, but how do I, how do I, how? What I hear is, and this is the same thing I struggle with, I'm just not as good at voicing it, is when you're having that day where it just doesn't feel like you're feeling that repentance or you're not feeling like you know you did something bad. You know that you... I don't know, we, none of us use drugs or alcohol anymore, but uh, we abused our body in some way, or we, we did something, we uh, lusted. There's one that's easy to, to cover, right? And we willfully did it, and we're not feeling that, and we want to be repentive, but we're just not, so, so why should we be saved? Why should we be under that grace? Is that what you're saying? Well, kind of, because I guess, all right, here's the deal. I mean, when you are saved... You are in Christ, and you want to live for Christ. Will you sin? Yes. Will you willfully sin? Will you turn your back on Christ to sin when you are in Christ? Will you? Will you? I'm asking you now. Will, Will you, I? Yeah, I mean, as a Christian, when you are saved, when you are born anew, when you are in Christ, will you turn your back to Christ to willfully sin? I can only give an example. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I get frustrated at my kids every once in a while. I get frustrated at my wife every once in a while. I know when I get too frustrated. I know if I snap at my wife or if I yell too much at my kids or whatever, I recognize this. Well, that's recognition for, for, for a sin. But what I'm saying is, will you say, I know I'm a Christian, but I'm mad, and I'm going to snap at my kids, even though I'm already aware of it prior to me doing it? Because that's literally turning your back. There, there are, there have been times where I have that voice in my head that says, you need to calm down. And I go beyond that. Okay. That's sin. I mean, that, that is, is sin. I, I also feel like that's, that's in the heat of the moment and maybe a little bit more understandable. But I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, will I willfully, hey, I'm not supposed to lust. No, nah, but I'm going to. You know, like, I mean, is that something you do in Christ? I think there's a certain, okay, for me, there's a problem with complacency, right? Saying, I think I'm going to lust, going, eh, it's okay. 
it's not okay because I want to strive to be better. Like, kind of like Paul said in the beginning of that was, you know, I don't really want to do this, but I do. But I think accepting it is a different thing. Like, we need to learn, I need to learn that this is not God's best for me and that God tells me to flee immorality or to covet certain things or not covet other things because it's for my good relationship with him. And I think becoming complacent with that stuff is our worst enemy. And then the shame and guilt of that in the natural is what puts all the stress on this relationship with God and understanding that thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. So I, so forget it. Why should I do this? Why should I be a Christian? Cause I'm never going to get it right. Turning that over and saying grace has covered that grace is sufficient for all things. And Resting in that is the hardest part, at least I think it is, because like we talked about before with me, I didn't come from that very deep down core where I know that I know that I know. I just have to know. Does that make sense? I followed it. I mean, I followed it. You got something to say? I do. We live in a society where Jesus is everywhere, right? I mean, Jesus is everywhere. Everybody knows the name of Jesus. Yes. Per se. Yeah, I mean, we don't live in a society where Jesus is everywhere. Um, well, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I apologize. Most people in America are aware of a guy named Jesus. Correct, yeah. Most people don't acknowledge that he was, is, forever will be the Son of God. Correct. So there, there's that right there. My encouragement to you and to everybody... Seriously, I have. Are you writing down things that I need to answer or what? <laughs> we're good. No, we're good. No, give it to me. Okay. I was handed a note and I'm going to read the questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? But I almost feel like I want to say the thing that I was going to say first. Just. I, yeah, I say do it. So everybody knows about Jesus Christ. Everybody. To some extent. They don't think he was the Christ. They don't think he was the Son of God. They don't think this. A lot of people have a golden calf image of who Jesus is. A lot of people have the buddy Christ thing in their head. A lot of people concentrate more on his mother than they do on him. True. These are all different aspects that boil down to there's actually only two people in this world right now, two categories of people, which we don't like to categorize, but you have to. There are believers in Jesus Christ, and there are unbelievers. The thing that separates the believers is that they actually have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So before I answer these questions, I want to take it where I was going, or before I ask these questions, you guys each have very special people in your life, correct? Uh, yep, we've talked about this before, too. Yes. Excellent. Yes, And yes, of course, you want to get to know him. You want to get to know everything about him, right? That is... You want to spend more time with him. I'm going to spend every podcast encouraging you to finish the Gospel of John. That's what every podcast... I'm going to ask you... Even hey, after I finish it? Every podcast? Because once you finish it, then I'm going to send you to Romans, which we just read Romans 7, part of it. Hey, you're a step above... There, you at least have some idea of what's in it. You, you'll recognize a lot of Romans as yeah. well. The Gospels are there to prove the facts of Jesus's life. These are eyewitnesses account, eyewitness accounts to say, 
this guy who was born in Bethlehem, but they referred to him as Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, there's a ton of people that aren't believers that will, that will back up the facts of Jesus' life. Correct. The Gospel of John is written so that you may believe. Read that. It's almost like Jim saying he's from a standpoint where he didn't know anything about Jesus. You and I grew up in a standpoint where we maybe heard the story, we heard the gospel message, but we weren't, for whatever reason, it didn't sink in. This, you know, and and this is just, I don't even know how to word this, so I'm just going to say it. It's agitating as heck to me, right? Talk about Saul on the road. He's persecuting Christians. It's what he's doing. He's killing them. That's his life. Oh, you believe in Jesus? Boom, you're dead. Sword to the throat, head gone. Whatever it is he's doing, right? That's what he does, right? God appears to him and says, hey, why do you persecute me? Cool. What an amazing way for him to come to Christ. Okay, this, this terrible human being who has killed however many, hundreds, thousands of Christians because he's just a jerk, God comes to him and says, hey, it's me, I'm God. <laughs> Stop it, you're now Paul and you're going to be my disciple. Here I am, a dude who grew up hearing this stuff and I have to struggle. And I'm not kidding. It's a struggle to pick up the Bible and get through the book of John, the gospel of John. It's a friggin' struggle. I mean, the first three chapters took me the first three months, you know, finally got through those. Yeah, I read another six or seven. And now it's been a month, month and a half. I walk past the thing. I don't pick it up. It's literally a struggle. Why is it so easy for this Christian murdering son of a gun to just have God come to him and poof, hey, guess what? Now you're a Christian. Go be a disciple for me. And here I am. I have to struggle, even though there's nothing I can actually do to be a Christian because I need the Holy Spirit to work in me to make me born anew. I have to struggle to read the friggin' book of John because it's put there so that I can believe. But I don't want to read it. You're not alone. <laughs> that's, but seriously, that's the thing. I used to want to read the Bible. I was very excited about it when I was going to use a part of Thessalonians in my movie. Right. But the other letters, never even looked at them, didn't care, because I couldn't get anything out of it. There's a path that we're all leading. Like you, you brought up Saul. He's the only one I know. So well, I mean, you know. he was living his life in a very fervent, zealous religious lifestyle. He was he was doing things that he thought were to the glory of God. And God born him anew and turned him around and used him to become arguably the greatest evangelist of all time. But Saul is one of the shining examples of if God can turn him around he can turn anybody around. One of the things that's listed in the account, I believe in Acts, not in the initial account, but in Paul's later account of it, is Jesus said to him, I am Jesus of Nazareth. It is difficult or it is hard to kick against the goads. And that's what Saul was doing, is he was actively kicking against the goads, which I believe is on a horse or something like that. 
Could be wrong about that. I'm unsure of what goads are right now. But if you kick against the goads, you're pretty much fighting against something that's supposed to be there to help you. And that is the hindrance, I think, for everybody. Well, see, I don't think I'm actively, I'm sorry, Jim, I don't, I don't think I'm actively fighting it. I don't think I'm actively fighting against it. So, I agree. In the context of everything we talk about, I try to be super spiritual and religious. Okay, not really, but I do try to compare it against what we're given. The one tool that we have is the Word. So, Galatians 5 says... The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit that's contrary to the flesh. So it's so easy to walk by the Bible. I do it all the time. I walk past my devotional, and Tommy autographed my devotional. He's given it to me. It's He's one of many guys. My mysteries one? Yeah. Rum group. Anyway, yep. I walk by it because my flesh knows, part of me just knows God will be there when I'm ready. So he'll wait, and that's not fair to him. But it's true, and it's easy. So I think... Can I interrupt? Yes, please. When are you going to die? In about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear this a lot. I don't know. That, and that's the thing. Nobody knows when they're going to die. If you knew you, were go- you had one week to live, people would change their lifestyle. Sure. I guess what I'm hearing is that it's okay to put God off to the side for a time. Is that correct or is that incorrect? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it's okay to put God off to the side for a time at all. But I also don't have the motivation or the drive or the desire to make him a priority, which I think has also been, you know, sort of a theme for me, to, you know, through this podcast is, you know, how do I make that a priority? I've been listening to an author, and I don't know how we do that whole saying people's names, so I'm going to leave it out for now. Everybody's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. And it talks about the Old Covenant with Israel, and it talks about nowadays. And I think that the world has pushed God so far out that as time is continuing, and even for our generation and maybe part of the generation a little bit older than us, you know, took God out of schools, take him out of the laws, take him out of everywhere— it's easier and easier to pass by because we don't see it. Where back in Saul's day, God was very much real. I mean, you think about even farther back, they walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Adam walked with God. So as you just look at the continuation of time, we get farther and farther that distance for whatever reason. I mean, we've read the book of the end of the book. We know who wins in Revelations. But how much farther do we have to get away before we can come back and make that decision, I guess, is kind of what I'm... Are you talking about a society or are you talking about personally? Because I'm talking about yes. personally. Well, I, I'm... Society is... Our society, so what we do personally matters. His kingdom um, is not of this world, though. Right. I understand that. So that's where it becomes a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's just, that's just another thing that's, that's difficult to... Yeah, I mean, to just to comprehend all, all the way around, right? Like, I mean, I know. I know his kingdom's not of the, this world. I know that... His father's house has many rooms. I know that it's something that I can't even possibly imagine the wondrousness of. I, I can't fathom it. I, I know all of these things. I know all of this. Yet it's still difficult. It's still difficult. And why is that difficult? Because of sin. But the Holy Spirit's not doing this for me. He's not just coming into my heart and making me born anew. And I'm not deliberately trying to say, forget God. Everything else is more important. 
I'm actively trying to make myself pick up the Bible, and some days I can't. I want you to think back to me. Can you think of me for a moment? Yeah, I do. Often. All the it's time. All about you. <laughs> <laughs> think of me from high school, after high school, throughout my 20s. The most important thing to me was, well, there was a couple different things, but I think I could... Movies. Movies. Also, love. Love. The love. I've... I've always been the relationship guy. We actually had a buddy of ours, mom. It was myself and Tommy and another buddy of ours, and we were having a party, and the mom said, Adam is a relationship type of guy, and you two guys are not relationship type guys. And the girls know this, so the girls like to go with these two guys a lot, but they don't want to have relationships with them. It was a real thing. This was a real thing, and this really upset both Tommy and the other guy because that seemed like an insult to them. But it insulted me because, hey, I'm the relationship guy. Where's my relationship then? How come I'm single? That was one of my priorities. I want to find me a girlfriend who I can marry and have kids. This is the kind of guy I am. Real life Ted Mosby. I have no idea. Real life Barney. Okay, Barney and Ted. Okay, is is how I met your mother? You got it, pal. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right away. <laughs> I did not, but my wife watched it, watched it many times. Yeah. So, I was 30 years old before I met my wife. Despite the fact that I was striving, trying real hard to find her the entire time. Already the plot to how I met your mother. And and my screenplay as well and whatnot. And I had love, but then I lost it and all this kind of stuff. When I met my wife, she's been my wife ever since the day I met her, like in my mind. We didn't get married until like a year or so after that. And if you do, so it was 2010 that we met. We got married in 2011. If you think about my timelines i've said over and over again i don't believe i became a christian until between 2012 and 2014 right then i had my heart surgery in 2014 and blah 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 don't test god don't demand show yourself now or i want nothing to do with you yeah i've already done all that i know that's, but that's... that's that's where i'm going though the step for you i have a list of things here which I'm going to end the podcast on these, and we're just going to walk away. We're just going to walk away then. Jeez. But my encouragement, seriously, my encouragement, fight the apathy. That's not you. That's your sinful nature. Your sinful nature is doing everything it possibly can to keep you away from God. Now, like I said, I can't see into your heart. You could have a relationship with God right now. Yeah, I, don't I don't deny that. I, don't. I can't tell you that you do or you don't. I can't. I, can't. Tell you if I do or don't either, which I think probably means I don't. I don't know. I want you to finish reading John so bad because it is so awesome. And the eagerness that I saw in those couple podcasts where you were reading John. Like, you can't see yourself from other people's eyes, and you can't hear yourself from other people's ears. But I would hope that Jim would agree with this, that that was encouraging to you to hear Tommy 
talk about him reading the Bible and his Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Every time he has a question, I get just like this thing inside me. I smile because it's a desire to know something that is so much bigger and better than we are. I mean, this isn't just me. Am I, am I the, I'm not the only one that has these. I mean, Adam told me. He said, you're not alone. I'm assuming he was looking at you when he said that and pointing to you. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's all about Tommy today. <clears throat> Seriously. Work on overcoming. You can fight against that voice that says, I don't want to do it today. Because when you think about things like, oh, well, I don't want to go to work today. But the realization comes out, okay, I need to pay my bills. I need to take care of my kids. Yeah. I need to do this. I need to do that. You can delve into depression and apathy on so many levels for so many different reasons. Spiritual depression is also a real thing that Christians can suffer from. I don't know that I've ever heard that term, but... Guess who has... Guess who has 24 sermons on it? <laughs> you want to guess? Joyce Meyer. Come on. Martin Lloyd Jones. I actually have I have his book on the sermons. I haven't read I haven't read it yet. Alistair Bay. Romans twenty eight. Welsh. He's Welsh. Seriously. Before before the next podcast, just try and get through one more chapter. That helps. Just put it on your calendar. That helps. Oh yeah. Say Yeah, I'm definitely the kind of guy who has a calendar, everybody. No, I tried. That helps, though. No, that helps. Right. I have a set of questions here, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you with a sincere heart, right. even though these are questions that were handed to me. Jim goes first. They're for you. Oh. I believe they're for you, but Whatever. I could be wrong. Fine. Whoever handed these things to you. And the, I, I, I almost feel like these could go for a long time, but we'll see. Why do you think you are missing a step? Because I'm not where I want to be. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe Jesus lived? Yes. Do you believe Jesus with what he said? He said lots of stuff. Do you believe he died? I do. Do you believe he died for your personal sins? Yeah. Do you believe he rose again? Yep. Do you accept the gift of the covering of your sin? I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah, do I, do I accept the gift? I don't know. Do I? Are... Was his sacrifice... Do I believe that it was enough to cover all of my sins, every one since the day I was born, along with every other person's on the planet? Yes. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. You are going to die. Yep. But if you accept the payment that Jesus made in your behalf to pay off your debt in front of the judge... That's, that's the step. That's the step. How do I accept it? You do. Yeah, see, that's the step. You believe. I mean, I do believe. Logically. Faithfully? I don't know. It goes on here, there is no misstep if the answer is yes to this. No misstep. There is a next step, and the next step is relationship. My add-on to this would be either right now or think about it or listen to this on the car ride home Ugh. Whatever you want to do. I don't live that far away. <laughs> We're having a conversation right now that is no different from the conversation you can have with God at any time. 
Yeah, except it is. It's not though. Except it is. I mean, I understand what you're saying because I've 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 heard that from every pastor, every teacher in all of my schooling years, in all of my Christian years, in all of my church years. I've heard that exact same thing. But it is different because I'm talking to you, and you, sir, are talking back. Correct. But I'm tapping the Bible right now right. to let Tommy know that God's talking to him. And here's and here's here's one more. Just little, and and I just have these days. I'm not always like this, but sometimes things frustrate me, right? Like, I've known you a very long time, Adam. So there are certain things that I do that you are like, man, he agitates me. No. No. You know, it doesn't agitate you when I deliberately turn my head sideways for the microphone and you have to... No, I just, I'm actually thinking of our listeners that they do want to hear. Honestly, it doesn't bother... Really? Here's No, seriously. Even when I do it on purpose? Here's... No, it doesn't bother me to the extent because I'm ha- I then this goes back to day one. Why am I in here? I'm in here because to talk about God with my buddy, and this whole podcast thing and spending. Seriously, I spent hours editing, guys. <laughs> like seriously. Well, so here's the point, I guess that I'm. But it it doesn't concern me. The listeners, I love the fact that other people are listening to this, but that's not the reason I'm here. Right. I'm here because I want to spend eternity with you. See, and I appreciate that, and I like that idea, and I want to do the same thing with all the people that I love, and I want to teach my children. But for some reason, me going to this Bible is not the same thing as having a conversation with you. And maybe at some point, it will be. Maybe. But right now, it's not, because the the things that I read in there, sometimes I don't know what the hell they're saying to me. That's okay. You don't understand what I'm saying to you well, that, sometimes. That was, exactly, that was going to be my point. You know, sometimes I'm talking to you, and I, I, I have no idea what you're saying to me either. I don't know. God's words are so much better than my words. You answer these questions. No, no, no. We got to wrap up. Wrap up by answering those questions. Do you think you're missing a step? Honestly, no. So you believe Jesus lived? Yes. You believe what Jesus said? Yes. You believe he died? Yes. For your sins? Yes. You believe he rose again? Yes. And you accept the gifts of the covering of your sins? That's my problem right now. I did it one time, and now because of the way Christians acted, the same people that taught me every one of those previous questions, their behavior was contrary to those answers because I was taught adamantly that God uses people. Now I question it because why is my sin worse than anybody else's? I can add to this that men will always fail you. Always. I don't doubt that. I know that. I have experienced that. There we go. That's that's the key here, is don't judge God by men. Is that good? Yes. Heart fails, 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Last word, Tommy. You guys have no idea, but Adam, good luck editing this. <laughs>